for washing the glass, for freezing the glass, so that the dishwasher didn't have to run in the middle of the fucking show. Because I don't appreciate you. I know you don't. <laughs> Am I the only bone drinker tonight? Clearly no. not. Sweet potatoes stuffed with chicken. Heck, oh. yeah. Oh, I'm stuck to my tiny tablecloth. You know what I just realized? What? We got to do a two-star um, on the next episode, and we forgot to pick it to tell these guys oh, what it's going to be. You guys can just surprise find out when we post it. Yeah, see the title. Um, I don't think you assholes watch those movies anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have faith in yeah, you. Yeah, no, uh, see the title. Uh, it's Coronavirus times but i'm sure that's over by the time this comes out mm-hmm. so um maybe you're sick of watching netflix movies but we always pick the best ones <laughs> yeah there's some pretty solid ones out there god damn it but welcome to the nightmare box presenting mistakes were made my name is brett bloom i'm sitting across from the beautiful the effervescent the as soon as this goddamn disease is over uh wife of me Kristen pennington <laughs> i love you i love you <laughs> bastard ass disease <laughs> i have tried to google and see if we could just do it online but i don't think that's an option <laughs> gotta uber eats your marriage certificate <laughs> <laughs> well they'll let you mail in to get the certificate they'll like let you fill out a form and then mail it and then they call you to verify your information yeah. and collect the payment over the phone because you have to pay to get a marriage license mm-hmm. but that's still not officiating the ceremony, and the marriage license expires, which is it's like good for a hundred and something days. It's, it's like a temporary a marriage license. Yeah, like you you have to actually like do the thing where maybe that's the way to do it. Just you know, keep doing to do men. a trial run, <laughs> see well, if you still want to be Miss Bloom, Mrs. <laughs> <is> Bloom. <laughs> Well, it's good for like, like I said, like a hundred and something days. So it's good for a while. So we could technically do that part, but that's not the same thing as being married. It's yeah. just the license, and then you have to do the whole shebang. So we're yeah, ready for it to be over. But you've been doing house hunting because we're looking to try to get out of this apartment uh, situation in the next year or so. And uh, I'm gonna need somebody to give me seven hundred thousand dollars. Well, I think we could try to make it. Because I found the house that I want. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. It's a nice house. I'm we not keep... going to tell you anything about it because I don't want you to snatch it out from under me. No, but if you're looking for gorgeous houses, uh, Montana, not <laughs> a bad place to fucking be. There's a lot of land out here. Um, that's yeah. a strong start, I think, to some, our creative podcast. Some motherfucker <laughs> buys my house, I'm going to come for you. She said earlier today, when we get the money, we're just going to roll up in there Knock and be on like, the door. hey, you're evicted. <laughs> I'm buying this house. <laughs> I know you didn't have it listed for sale. I'll, Here's the money. Yep, I'm get buying it above price point and uh, <laughs> you can out. dip set. Here's an extra hundred grand. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> if I had that kind of money, I definitely would. Like, yeah. If I found my dream house and there was somebody living in it already, I'd be like, how much would it take to get you out of my house? <laughs> yeah, get you to fuck off. <laughs> But all the housing prices are going to collapse when the economy falls to shit. And Yay. so, you know. Hey. <laughs> mm. no. <laughs> we're, we're still working, so hopefully we yeah. won't be poor. No, we're starting off on a cheery note. <laughs> it's Easter Sunday as we record this, which I uh, forgot about. Remembered mm. really early this morning and then forgot that it was still Easter. And then went to the Walgreens to buy coffee. 
And the lady behind the counter goes, happy Easter. And I was like, oh, shit, it's Easter. Like, <laughs> no, I completely <laughs> forgot about it until, I haven't really thought about yeah. it since, but until this past Friday, because people at work kept being like, happy Easter, you know, as they were leaving <laughs> for the weekend or whatever. I was like, oh, fuck, that is this weekend. But yeah, I missed the whole situation. celebrate Easter. Missed Ash Wednesday, missed Good Friday. I'm not a very good Catholic. You're terrible. I, I don't really care. <laughs> I was like, I day. don't celebrate no. Easter. Some bunny came out of a cave or some shit. I don't understand it. I haven't celebrated Easter <laughs> since I was a kid. My mom did the whole baskets and shit, but yeah. not as an adult. So no. <laughs> Easter is one of those holidays where it only matters if you have a family. Yeah. <laughs> I'm completely ignoring the religious aspect. I realize that. I don't, <laughs> don't care. We've, well, what people we've are, talked about people the fact like that I'm making Easter food, and I was sitting here trying to think of what Easter food is. Like, what, what do you even do? Is it yams? Like, what is the? Yeah, I think people do similar stuff to like Thanksgiving. So you do like a ham, or you should do something. rabbit. Yeah, that would be the move. I mean, it would freak the kids the fuck out. <laughs> we could have done a duck again. Could have done a duck. We didn't <laughs> think. We didn't plan this in advance. Like We're doing stuffed sweet potatoes, and those are tasty. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not religious. No, it's all good. <laughs> um, so where to start, where to start, where to start? Kristen and I both got a lot of work done today. Um, I sat down and clickety-clacked it out a couple, you know, a thousand some odd words. Not my best, but... It was just while I was in the shower, though, yeah, so, I mean, that's still pretty it's impressive. Like 30 minutes of nonstop, you know, and uh, that made me feel a lot better. And more importantly, Kristen has begun work editing our short film that'll drop at the end of the month. I have. I, uh, when I first started editing, I was not good about um, organizing my files or like yeah. pre-syncing my audio. And um, when we did the dolls, it was a hot mess. Like, I, <laughs> I think... If I'm remembering right, there are pictures of at least a picture or two, maybe, of like the editing process. Like mm -hmm. I have an actual screen capture of my uh, Premiere Pro project either on my Instagram or on the Nightmare Box Facebook page or my Facebook page one. It's out there somewhere yeah. if you dig through our social media. Might be and on the you, website. I don't think it's on the website. Oh, okay. yeah. I think it's either my Facebook or the Nightmare Boxes Facebook. And then I think it's also on my Instagram. But if you um, look at the picture, I'm pretty sure you can see where I haven't named any of the files and they're mm -hmm. all just kind of thrown in there together. So when I was editing it, I'd have to like scour through the files <laughs> to be like, fuck, which videos that I need? Just like previewing them all and like... That's interesting. So it just like comes up with a timestamp for the title? Almost like... Uh... Like a word processor would automatically throw it as untitled until you... Uh, yeah, but it's like an image file almost. It'll be like IMG2467 yeah. or whatever, you know, like it's... It, and then each individual file has its own number, but... So when you're editing, is that the first thing you go in and fix? You pick the clips you want and then you label the clips you want so that you... It is now. <laughs> it, was, it was not when I did the dolls. Um, you learn. <laughs> Yeah, because like this I, is the mistakes were made podcast. <laughs> Kristen made a mistake on the dolls, and it has affected the way that she edits here on through. Pay attention, team. Well, whenever we did the dolls, <laughs> I had only done like my basic uh, post production yeah. class, and that was mostly just focused on learning the software and like learning how to edit. But it wasn't um, as detail oriented mm -hmm. on uh, like how to do it efficiently, I guess. And so whenever, like I said, I did the dolls, it's just like all the file names are just a series of numbers. And like, I didn't have them organized by like 
day one or yeah. scene one or at least in the garage, you know, something <laughs> like something vague. So I would kind of know what it was. They were just all thrown in together and I didn't pre-sync my audio, um, like my good audio yeah. with my video. So I would literally have to like go through individually and like edit all the video and all the audio and all the video <laughs> and all the audio every time I added something new. It was such a pain in the ass. And I'd have to, As like, it turns out for people that are out there that have never made a film or tried to edit a film, it's not the audio from the camera. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is audio recorder. It should be so anyway. <laughs> yeah. So you have to sync all these different files up. And it could be, you know, ones from take one, ones from take three, the audios from take two, and then you've got to sync up how the mouth moves along with okay, the audio. Yeah. I, normally you're using the audio that's appropriate for whatever scene. Sometimes you have to do like uh, ADR, which is audio diet. Or Digital audio. remaster. Oh, shit. What is it? <laughs> it's... I think it's audio dialogue replacement or something like that. I yeah. might have the A wrong. I know it's dialogue replacement. I'm not sure if the A is audio or not. But anyway, um, like whenever we did the table read on the couch or whatever, and yeah. we just read through the lines, sometimes people go back and redo lines in the studio and dump those over. And like I have... Well, we're going to have to do that for part of this because you wanted to use B-roll. So some of that table read audio will fill in during the B-roll. The B-roll. Yeah. yeah. Jax, um, please, my dude, just relax for an hour. And I have like had to dub audio that wasn't actually for the scene that we recorded over, and it like worked out fine. It's just a bit more of a pain in the ass. But yeah, your audio should never be the raw audio from mm-hmm. the camera because it's very staticky and noisy. Like on the under layer of it, like you can hear just this like hum in the background. Well, you're using on the the one that we're doing uh, for this month. You are using some of the raw. Uh, you'll probably throw something underneath it. Yeah. But, um, like, you're using that sound of the camera starting to focus. And I may honestly re-record that on my Zoom. Like, my audio recorder is the Zoom H5, I think, is what yeah. I use. Um, so I may re-record that sound effect, but I do kind of like the rawness of it. <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was tripping me out because I was, like, trying to... Um, edit the pacing of that whole sequence together and there's like one spot in the raw edio yeah edio the raw audio where <laughs> in the um, edio <laughs> where max meows in the background yeah. and i kept like going back and like kept hearing this just meow, like just one <laughs> tiny little meow and i kept thinking he was just somewhere in the room whining at me i was like what do you want like, like what is your problem off. And then I realized it was actually in the audio that I had recorded. And I was like, oh my God, this whole time I thought he was just like under me somewhere whining that I wasn't paying attention. So I felt super stupid. <laughs> but um, no, so now that I've done advanced post-production and learned how to be a little more efficient, the first thing that I do is I create uh, in Premiere Pro, it's called Bins. And um, huh. it's literally just like a folder that you put all your shit in. So like I'll have like an audio folder and then a video folder and then I will um, just take those raw files and sync the um, good audio with the good yeah. video and put them in a new folder. And then I personally, on my smaller projects, it's probably not a good idea for like a big film or whatever. You probably want all your files in there at all times. But on our smaller projects, I will delete the... Um, the import of the bad video and the audio with the wrong mm-hmm. or the bad 
audio in the wrong video um, completely out of my Premiere Pro yeah. project. So all I have is just the good files. Just the stuff you want to work yeah. with. Yeah, they're backed up on my hard drive, so I don't literally delete yeah. them. Um, because in the background, you have to make a blooper <laughs> reel because we've already done some hilarious yeah. shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't literally delete them. I just don't keep them in my Premiere Pro project because it's a lot yeah. of extra shit just cluttering it up, which... If you're doing like a big feature film, that's probably not a good idea. You should probably just organize it and keep it all in there. But for our small stuff, I'm like, I don't need this in mm -hmm. here cluttering up my shit. And then um, the dolls was a little bit longer. So with the dolls, I probably would have like gone through and um, organized after I synced all the video and the audio into like scenes. Like this is all scene one's video yeah. and then scene two and whatever. But for like our smaller projects, it's not that that much to dig through so i'll just kind of sort them by if it was like inside versus outside or whatever so we just I've... had a monster amount of b-roll and god knows how many <laughs> fucking takes yeah just I, to I read did... like maybe 45 seconds of dialogue <laughs> it took us like an hour and a half i did <laughs> i did put all the b-roll in its own folder because i didn't want that yeah. in with my actual documentary footage but yeah like if you organize it on the front end, it's a bit of a pain in the ass because that's pretty much all I did today was I organized it and then I did like a little section of editing. But if you organize it on the front end, the actual editing will be so much more smoothly because <laughs> editing the dolls was a massive pain in the ass. Well, you were having some issues today, I noticed, because like I was trying to get the podcast <laughs> notes and Kristen's got these brilliant headphones that are they're noise isolating, right? Not canceling. Mm -hmm. Um, but when she has them on, unless we're doing the show where she can hear her voice level and she can kind of control it, um, when she has them on, when she's working at her computer, she tries to talk to me and she just yells because she doesn't take <laughs> her headphones off. So it's always like, what do you think of this? And I'm like sitting there, fuck! And then, you know, <laughs> throw shit up in the air. Um, but today, Kristen just kept going, fuck! God damn it! <laughs> Shit! I, I was finally like, "What? What is going on?" With like in the span of five minutes, you had like these outbursts, which in your head you were like, "Shit!" You know? <laughs> and then we just like you know, just just being yelled through the apartment. I was like, "Kristen, what is going on over there, love?" And I didn't quite catch what you were what what you were talking about. What was the thing that the mistake that was made today? that we can pull and learn away from so that our audience, if they ever fall into that trap, knows to avoid it. So, uh, part of my problem sometimes when I'm doing really repetitive work, like syncing my yeah. video and my audio, is I just kind of blow through it. I'm like, oh, synced, good to go. Yeah, like, I was like, she's clicking over there. She's going to have this whole film. Even the stuff we haven't filmed yet is going to be done by the end of the day. <laughs> So, like, when it's a little repetitive like that, sometimes it's kind of a mindless thing, because technically what I was doing today, like, the syncing and stuff like that, would usually be something like, if you had an editing assistant or yeah. something like that, they would do all that for you. So, usually the main editor doesn't have to do that <laughs> shit. Um, well, that's also a part of the homework assignment for people that are new to the show, is it teaches me every month, and it teaches Kristen something new every month so that when Kristen gets to the point where she has to go to the editing bay she knows how to do that mm -hmm. at least at a basic level yeah. and can walk in there and be like hey it'll be a little bit easier if you do this or she'll know the technical terms or at least be able to show somebody what it is that she wants to achieve yeah. giving her like a baseline um, expertise in 
all the departments. All the stuff. All the, stuff. <laughs> all the things. I need the audio recorder to go here. I need the lights to go here. How do you know that? Because I spent a year making films in a one-bedroom apartment, and I have a very good concept <laughs> of how I want this lit right now. Yeah, so, um, like I was saying, it's, it's a little of a mindless task, syncing mm-hmm. um, audio and video. If you had the foresight to use a clapper, clap your hands, or anything like yeah. that, the software pretty much does it for you. So we didn't use your clacker in this at I all? Clapped. You just waved a piece of paper in front of the camera? No, I clapped my hands every time. <laughs> um, because uh, Premiere Pro, if you tell it to... Mm-hmm synchronize the clips it'll register that high point and be like oh these two high points match up and it'll shift it so that the two match um it's not always super accurate i've had it be like a second off and you can hear almost an echo so like i always check it like i'll tell it to sync it and then i'll check and make sure it did it right um but with my um canon that i shoot on it stops recording or it doesn't stop recording, it splits files after, I think it's like 20 minutes or something like that. Well, that's the problem we had when we tried to record the podcast. We tried to add a video element, and the camera kept shutting off, and we were like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, or maybe that's what it is. It it completely shuts itself off after like 20-something minutes, and then after it hits a gigabyte limit or a time limit, I can't remember which it is, it breaks the actual files apart it won't stop recording but when you go to like look at the files it's two separate files even though they're like split at the exact point so if you put them side by side they butt up perfectly and you can't tell that there was ever a cut in them and so while i was trying to sync my video and audio (laughs) i was just kind of blowing through it and then i like merged a clip and like moved on and deleted the files out of my premiere pro and then realized i had deleted the audio for a video clip that had been split into two separate clips. <laughs> so I had deleted the audio I needed for that clip. And I was like, fuck, now I got to do that whole thing again. <laughs> got to come like, back in this bitch. Yeah, I did it like twice. And then um, I was trying to color correct. And I that was another time I was like, God. Like I was trying to color correct the stuff that I did edit today. And I accidentally put like negative 200 to the blue <laughs> side instead of negative 20. You're over here making film <laughs> the way I make Instagram posts. Where yeah. it's like I'm going to completely blow out yeah. the shadows here. We're gonna be... <laughs> it was the bluest photo ever. I was like, oh God, that's not what I wanted. Undo. <laughs> so yeah, I just, I was, I was trying to hurry through it and <laughs> kept doing little stuff like that. Thankfully, uh, it's a non-destructive film editing program. Yeah. So it doesn't. Destroy the quote-unquote negatives. You can just undo. <laughs> you just click edit, undo, restart. All right, we got this. So, uh, so I do that a lot when I'm editing the pod- filmmaking for the win. When I'm editing the podcast, I'm so happy that I can go un- uh, you know undo automation because I've accidentally dragged the whole line down to you know <laughs> negative seven, and you guys would never be able to hear like how quiet Kristen can talk on here sometimes. So like that's my my contribution to knowing how to do audio editing is go. just using the GarageBand there you um, go. mixer. <laughs> It's the same thing, though. Yeah. Did you uh, learn anything else on the just as far as today went, or did you notice anything that like, no, I got different to... as we've gone along? Something that was easier this time than it was on Happy Birthday or the dolls. Um, I got to toy around with like pacing and stuff again today a little bit, which it's super rough. It's gonna have to be. I can already see your trademark because I got to see the raw of the opening shot and I I've seen your trademark yet again already. <laughs> um so like with happy birthday there's that sequence at the end where there's kind of 
um, I guess, like, a little bit of tension in the ending uh, sequence where there are, like, shots cut in yeah. very briefly. and Which like, you can the, find on YouTube at... YouTube.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. Yeah. Um, the script is also on the website now, so you can read the script. At... Uh, the nightmarebox.blog and thank god because somebody already downloaded all the scripts so <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of you out there whoever you are <laughs> so you can uh, download the script and read the script and then watch the movie and see um, how similar or different they are but um, yeah, with happy birthday there's a bunch of like images kind of cut in like rapidly at the end yeah. but they're not like back to back to back it's like you keep going back to the one main image and mm-hmm. then these other ones are just kind of cut in with it and um with this one there's just a little sequence at the beginning setting up the documentary where it's like uh like a series of stuff happening rapidly one after the other and I cut them on purpose so that they were jump cuts so it would kind of give you this like uh I guess like Anxiety. hurried yeah. yeah so Playing with it still a little bit more, um, but a bit differently this time because it was mm-hmm. one continuous thing happening that I was just like, we're going to cram all this together <laughs> and make it really fast. Well, that's the way it should be, you know? Like, some things need to be done, and, like, I'm sorry for only bringing up, like, five people in five movies, but um, some things need to be done in the Cormac McCarthy style where it's like, and then he put on his coat and he put on his shoes and then he walked down the stairs and he did the thing and then he got in the car and you can have those long ass you know we don't really need that but it works with McCarthy or you do like the hardcore you know Polinic jump 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 and sometimes you don't need that sometimes you need breath you Mm -hmm. know that's in it and a huge part of your signature, as far as I'm concerned, is knowing when the jump needs to happen and when it needs to breathe. And you always seem to find like these innocuous shots um, that you wouldn't think would work. You're like, that's a weird way to put it because you're kind of time hopping mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but it, it reveals so much about the character or about the scene, about, you know, in this case, the setup uh, to the film. Where you've used where you used it on the back end and happy birthday, you're using it on the front end here. So you get these innocuous B rolls that separately you'd be like, Well what the fuck does this have to do with the story? But it establishes your character and the mood of the scene without really telling you anything. Yeah. I, I wanna talk about it, but I don't wanna like give away your opener. I mean it's not it's not really anything specific to the stories I guess it's fine if we talk about it um I think it proves to how much editing can completely change the way something feels so like what I worked on today um I won't talk about the stuff that's actually on the table we're recording on because yeah. that one was kind of a neat shot and I don't want to give that one away but um there's a side table next to our couch which I honestly I don't even know that you can see it in the interview at all so it's not really relevant to the interview itself, but it does kind of set up the mood for how the characters. It establishes life is. that we're in a documentary, and it establishes that there's somebody's a, trying to pretty it up. Yeah, I should like, have done a shot of me hanging up the picture too. Yeah, like it opens up with like an ash-covered entry, not entry, uh, end table that's got like last night's beer bottles all over it, and uh, then 
Kristen's hands come into frame and pick up the beer bottles and then spray down the counter and then wipe the counter. So you get this, this is who this person really is. Here's the dolled up for the documentary version. And without giving you guys the plot, the dolled up version of the interview goes out the fucking window. And then we dive into the chaos. And so I think it's such an interesting, like, book ending. Yeah. Like, it's... I don't want to give away the ending either. No, you can't give away um, the ending. <laughs> but it's similar to what's going to happen at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, too, that when I shot it, uh, I literally just had my camera on a tripod, and it's just like one continuous running shot. Mm-hmm. And I just had, because uh, I replaced the beer bottles with uh, some books and a cup of coffee, and I had all of that kind of sitting off to the side waiting. Some of my favorite books. <laughs> <laughs> Brett picked the books that went on the table. Um, but it was just like for one, a color consistency. Yeah. It was just mm-hmm. one long continuous shot, though. It was like me picking them up and then picking up the bottle caps and then spraying it down and then putting the books and then putting the coffee. So in all in all, it was probably a good like thirty second shot or so, yeah. like way too long to be something you'd want to watch all in succession. And um, so you jump to the individual actions yeah. that are happening and like don't give any of it any room to breathe. It's just like. A hand picking up bottles and then picking up bottle caps and then spraying and then wiping Mm -hmm. like back to back and like it um like I said like it's kind of neat to see post editing like I knew before like that's what I wanted it to look like I knew that's what I was shooting and that's what I was going to edit it to look like so it wasn't like that's a surprise or anything like that but it's kind of neat to like see the raw version of it and then see it cut together and be like it's two completely different moods the other (laughs) shot's kind of boring and drawn out and like do we really need to see all this and the other one's like oh this dude's a slob (laughs) here's the raw detail and the weird shit is that's just how I actually live my life that (laughs) That is literally how the table looked already (laughs) I did not have to put ash on the table So technically, we're both responsible for, uh, what, what is it? Uh, set dressing. Set dressing. I was going to say scene movement or some <laughs> set shit. Set dressing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, uh, I don't know, it's fun when you have an image in your head, like seeing it play out. Yeah. Like exactly how you expected it to, like knowing like you can record something and completely change the way it looks because of the way you edited it. Well, that's how I felt a lot today when you were in the shower and I was writing out here. Like I, with everything that's been going on and I don't want to, you know, dwell on the coronavirus, even though the only topic I have outside of this semi relates to that. (laughs) Um, Because of everything that's been going on, it's hard to focus on, writing something that doesn't relate at all you know and i i came up with this crazy idea that i really liked that i put my moleskin which is one of my rules for my writers that are out there get a fucking moleskin it costs you ten dollars you could buy it but not at the barnes and noble now but probably at the barnes and noble website right now put it in your back pocket next to your wallet or put it in your purse and fucking waltz around write a sentence here and there try to get a sentence down every day in your little moleskin and then you'll never come to the blank page um but today i was listening to an old interview on the rogan podcast with chuck polinick it it, polinick's my favorite i listen to that interview when i need a kick in the (laughs) ass because polinick's polinick on that fucking episode (laughs) and um i was gonna just come inside and make notes and i was like no i've got 
half an hour here that I know I can get behind the computer. Let me see if I can play with this like two sentence idea that I have in my moleskin. And the next thing I know, I'm like 1700 words into the story. And I'm like, this is a full blown story. Like I, I could use like another four or five sessions like this. I'll have a rough draft that's like, you know, 15, 20 pages long. And I can work with that. And it was just following this innocuous character. Why have I used that word? <laughs> in, so pretentious, in, Brett. No, I've used the word innocuous like fucking 15 times in this podcast. But Because um, you're a pretentious writer. I am a pretentious writer. I'm just a, a smarthy cunt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that might be the title of the podcast. Smarthy I'm cunt. a smarthy cunt. <laughs> I'm definitely naming it that. Um, but... It was just an idea. Yeah, it was just an idea, and I got to follow it around. So, like, in my head, I knew what I wanted it to look like. And when I had the moment, it was kind of like what we talked about on a few podcasts now, especially the one where you came up, more or less, with the idea for this homework assignment, was I was I was able to just jump right into it. And it was mm-hmm. like I wasn't behind the computer. And that 30, 40-minute gap, however long you were in the shower, my hands didn't stop moving. It was... I'd take like a break, you know, for a word, you know, I've I've lost this word and then it would hit me and then I'd be right back on track. And I was, I developed a character that I didn't see coming. I developed another character that I didn't realize was going to be integral to the story. And I I missed that. Like I, I get so irritated, like in my life when I don't write. Yeah. And when I do it, it's just like, oh, fuck, thank <laughs> you, <it> God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to therapy, you know. Um, so, yeah, I can relate to the, it, you saw it in your head, and then you shot it, and then now you're editing it, and you've got that one scene. I feel like I got my one scene today as well. Does it ever surprise you, uh, like, at the end, or is that normally you're like, yeah, that's kind of how I saw this going? No, it, it always surprises you at the end. I, I, I've i only had, like, a handful of stories that I've written knowing how I wanted to end them, and they're always boring when you do them that way. I like to have a concept and then try to build the world around the concept. And I would give you guys the concept for the new short story, but I really, really like this one, and I don't want you bastards to steal it. So when it's done, you can read it on the website. (laughs) There you go. um, For example, you know, though, with, say, the dolls, the one that we reference most frequently, frequently, (laughs) which you can buy uh, on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com over at uh, The Madman Diaries, a collection by Brett Bloom. But the story of the dolls, I wanted... Two little girls, one of which survives a babysitter molester, was more or less the the mm. guideline that I had in my head. Because you hear those stories from women where they got touched by the creepy uncle or, you know, the babysitter um, molested them. I did, or a gym coach, you know. And I'm sorry if that happened to you, but I've talked to a lot of uh, women in my life and there's a lot of women with those stories. And so I wanted to transport myself into the mind of the little girl in that situation. 
and it's not a he fondled my breast situation. If you've seen the dolls, which you can find on YouTube, it's one of them gets killed and one of them lives to tell the story. And I wanted it to come almost from the perspective of the one who lives to tell the story of this mm -hmm. horrific thing that happens while this man is babysitting these two little girls. So I started with the concept and had no idea how it would end. And then it grew again in the screenwriting version where I had to show an adult, Allison, you know, who was nameless in the original story. <laughs> yeah, I like um, the screenplay for sure, don't get me wrong. And I like, given that it was a college film, the way that the film turned out, I think later on in our careers it could definitely be something we could do better than we did. No, that's always been the plan, because I want to revisit the dolls like 10 years from the time that we shot it and see what we can do with it nah, then. You know. But I like the actual story that's in the book, I think, the best, yeah. because the story that's in the book gives you that like very first-hand perspective. It is very literally from her perspective, and you're mm -hmm. kind of seeing um, the world through her eyes, and... Um, it's a lot harder to do in a film. What's well, so. the difference in the mediums, for sure, is like you can do something with literature you can never do with film. You can do a lot with film that you could never do in literature. You know, like the closest you can get is, once again, I'm going to bring up my boy, the closest you can get is No Country for Old Men, which is both a Coen Brothers movie, but more importantly, a Cormac McCarthy novel. And you could read that novel and watch that movie and see how the Coen Brothers just used that novel as the screenplay for the film. Like, there's hardly anything missing. It's word for word in the dialogue. The characters match perfectly. It's the closest I've ever seen a movie to hitting the book. And it's my favorite movie. <laughs> That's the closest I think you get. You could never do Fight Club the way Polonick did Fight Club on screen. No matter how gritty you want to make it on screen, you're never getting that version. You know, you could never get Blood Meridian uh, by McCarthy on TV. They'd kill you. They'd, you no, know, it's all about scalp hunters. Like, there's no way. There's a level of um, it needs to just be in your imagination for it to work. And then there's some things that can only work on screen yeah i like i, feel I like... can't write for example jason Statham slowly walking away from an explosion it does not have the <laughs> same effect i could tell you what's in Statham's head but you know the coolest part about jason Statham walking away from the explosion the fucking explosion <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I do feel like i mean it was the first like short film I ever made so to be fair there's a lot that's been learned since then I do feel like the problem for me for the dolls um and I'm not shitting on it like I I feel like for what it was and for how early it, it's and, very respectable yeah I, I enjoy watching it yeah, yeah. and I, I feel like for how early in our careers that was like it, it was a very well done film and it was a college project so it was very rushed because there were you know time restraints yeah. we had to meet um but it doesn't look like a college film i would argue that it looks like a more advanced college film than where i was in college i mm -hmm. think i was a junior when we did that and um it looks like a senior project so i feel like it looks more advanced than some of the other work that i was seeing from other people at mm -hmm. the time but i do think it looks like a college film and um i think my biggest problem with it is for how 
close the story, like the original story was, because it's not, it, you wrote it third person, right? It's not first person, is it? I think yeah, it's third person. Yeah, a lot of the Madman Diaries is he and she, yeah. no so, named characters. Yeah, so it's, it's written from a third person perspective, but the way that it reads is almost like a first person story. It literally feels like you're sitting next to her in the closet, yeah. you know? So like you are the friend who gets killed. Yeah, yeah, so it's like so close, and I feel like the movie, like the closet scene was really cool, and like mm-hmm. there was a lot of tension there, but I feel like the movie didn't translate the same level of panic that the story does. That's so interesting. I think that's my problem with it, is like you're literally seeing an actual young child being chased by a dude with a chainsaw, and there's blood and all this shit, but I didn't feel the same level of like something horrible is happening yeah. as I did reading the story. So I think that's my problem with the film is that it didn't feel as personal. Like, even though, like, the girls did incredible. Well, you do a lot um, since we moved into the one bedroom about pulling yourself closer to the character, relying less on the tripod, you know, really nailing the shot that you're trying to get. Whereas in the dolls, you you had an aesthetic feel for like we need these wide shots that show these people and I, maybe that's why is you've learned how to close that distance since we've done the dolls for whatever reason like the shot for example of the two mothers talking before they leave and Paul takes over you have the closeness which you have now in the outside shot when they're talking and Paul walks in from the screen door and then it switches, um, I believe, to the two talking in the on the other side of that same door, and you've got a wide shot of the kitchen, which gives. I think most of the stuff of them talking was mostly wides, actually. Yeah, whereas now you use a lot closer, you know, perspective when you're doing the anxious scenes. Well, I think whenever we were shooting the dolls, because I had like a full crew um because whenever i did that movie it was part of our grade so you could do um you could direct one movie and then work on one other film that somebody else was making and that was all you needed to do to pass the class and if you didn't want to direct your own movie then you had to work on we bought pizzas for like 15 people (laughs) yeah just watched a lot of them kick rocks and And if you didn't didn't want to direct your own film or you didn't have a film that you wanted to make like you could um work on i think it was either three or four other projects by other people so you had to do more work if you didn't um or you had to do more movies if you didn't make your own movie and i wasn't gonna come out of film school without a film to show for myself so i was like period we're shooting something Um, yeah i can rent all this crazy expensive equipment for free for free (laughs) Uh, I'm doing that, so we're making some shit. (laughs) So I think whenever we were doing the dolls, because I had a full crew, I had a sound person, I had a DP, I had, um, you know, actors, I I had literally an entire crew, had someone doing the lighting. I think with that one, it was more like ABC, we got to get the wide, the mid, the close, and like it felt more like what you learn in film school so it, it well you started experiment- like a formula you started experimenting a little bit in that one um mainly in the garage shots when it was just me you and the actors for the most part but when you really started experimenting was after the dolls in the production hell that is ziggy for the moment 
Um, Not rack focused. We've got uh, a scene where one of our characters is shooting heroin in a small living room. And you didn't have the crew that day. You had me and my friends and my drug dealer. Funny photo of me behind the camera also holding the boom. Yeah. (laughs) And you were like, do you want me to hold that? I was like, no, I got it. Yeah, and those restrictions of having a whole bunch of people that were all, you know, stoned and nobody knew what was going on and the actor was, you know, dicking around on his cell phone and it was all up to you to direct it and shoot it and do the audio and do the lighting and it was a lot of pressure uh created a really brilliant scene you know inside of that living room i think that's part of growing as an artist too though like every time we do um like our uh like short film short films short films by by ourself here like i feel I guess, because it's just you and me, and the only person's time I'm wasting yeah. is yours, you know? Because it's yeah. just like, I could shoot until I figure out what I want to do. And but I'm if a Buddhist. I... I don't believe in time. I just believe <laughs> well, in the moment. I feel like if I like <laughs> make you redo the same shot like six times after a point, it's going to feel kind of tedious, and you're well, going to be like, can we move the on? The upside is I only write angry characters, so <laughs> if I take eight, I'm furious, sure. and you're like, there it is. There's the magic. <laughs> Feed the yeah, anger. You're like... Kubrick with fucking Jack Nicholson. <laughs> the and then bear. he's like, oh, I don't want to hurt you. Just <laughs> but... want to bash your fucking brains. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like whenever it's just you and me and I'm having to direct and shoot and do all the other stuff because you're acting and you're the only other person here. Yep. Um, in the whole state of Montana, I'm the only actor Kristen knows and I am a writer. I'm not an actor. <laughs> I feel like when we're in those situations, though, I feel an obligation to not, which is probably a good thing, because you don't want to waste time on set uh, on a real production when you have a lot of money and somebody else is paying for it. They expect you to be on time, um, because the worst thing you can be is behind schedule. Um, And I don't leave the apartment, so I'm always on time. (laughs) I, I feel an obligation, I guess, to not waste time on our scene so it's like i have to make a decisive decision in the moment like how is this gonna look when i go to edit this because this is how we're shooting it and then we're moving on outside of me you don't have like a dp that can you know this is how you you know here's three options and then you pick your option and well i am the the dp so (laughs) that's what i that's what i mean is you don't have anybody to like look to and be like how does that look because i don't know what the fuck i'm doing (laughs) so you just spin the thing around you'd be like does that look good i'm like looks great to me love i have no (laughs) but yeah when we're shooting our stuff like it forces me i think in the moment to make creative decisions so i don't waste time doing the wide and the mid and the close-up it's like this is how this shot is gonna look in this film and this is how we're shooting it It, and that's it it. (laughs) needs to be rough and fucking rowdy that's all we have it's gorilla radio (laughs) <laughs> so it does force you, I, I think, to, I, I guess, get in touch with you, what you like creatively. Yeah. Because in the moment, you have to be like... It forces you to adapt, you know? Um, being in those tougher situations where you're more or less out of your element, you know you have to do it, you know it's due by the end of the next month. How are you going to make it happen? It's like, um, and I'm going to bring them up once again on this episode. Uh, Polinick, um has a lecture you can find online where he talks about, no, it's before he reads Knock Knock, which if you've not listened to Knock Knock, um, 
it's hands down my favorite short story that's ever been written. When Kristen needs to take a bath, I often put it on and drink and listen to it. It's like 35 minutes long. Uh, he did it for Playboy, and it's about a a guy whose dad is dying, and all that his dad has taught him are these really crude jokes. And it was written, I believe, in a response to his father being murdered by uh, white supremacists. Um, so it's a really raw story. Why was his dad murdered by white supremacists? I'd have to look up the why, but his dad was killed by white supremacists. Say, he's not black, so that's just Politics interesting. Politics gay, so I don't know if that had anything to do with well, it or if sad. it was an accident. But yeah. his dad was killed by, you know, a bunch of white supremacists. Hmm. Um and so before he goes into Knock Knock, you threw me off my train of thought. What was it's about it? about a dude that's dying? No, before that, because I'm trying to talk about the thing he was talking about. Um, you're filming in dur- dif- <laughs> difficult. <laughs> this is not the podcast for words. Difficult circumstances. Um, Polinick talks about uh, working with Stan Bauer. Uh, in Stan Bauer's workshop and Stan Bauer used to basically take them to pool halls to do their reads so he'd be like writing workshop tonight and truck stop strip club <laughs> and you'd show up and you'd be trying to like scream your poetry over the jukebox while like these burly men were playing pool and you'd be screaming stories and the big thing uh, that Polinick talks about before he reads Knock Knock is he had to write the kind of stories that would get the attention of those kind of rooms, these gritty, fucked up places. He had to stand up there and tell stories like Guts, you know, tell stories about sticking his dick in a um, inflatable doll that deflates and deflates and deflates and then his mother walks in the room. Like, he, he needed to find the heart of, like, grief by working this workshop in a place where nobody cared that there were a bunch of creative writers in the corner. And it forces you to create better material, you know? We're not writing coronavirus material. We're not filming coronavirus material in the coronavirus isolation. Yet. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. No, I'm not going. I'm kidding. Because it's going to flood the market and it's going to piss me off. But, you know, um, we are trying to shoot short films in the same one-bedroom apartment inside of the same 70,000-people town. You know, now we can't hire any actors, so it's just me acting, you know, in the interim. So we have to create better and better films because we have no other option, you know. I mean, to be real, though, pretty introverted. Be real. Probably wasn't going to go find actors anyway. No, no. But <laughs> I was probably just going to keep I, staying I finally, at home. <laughs> I finally have a link to actors, and I can't fucking like, tap that link at all. Uh, I finally had a link to like setting up a writer's group, and then the fucking thing hit, and they shut down the breweries, and so now we're all just like in Facebook Messenger. Like, when this passes, you guys still want to like link up at different bars every week and try to do our reads in bars? <laughs> just an introvert so the the woes of being a filmmaker in a new uh, town I, I am an introvert myself but I'm also <laughs> an alcoholic so. 
You're three beers in, I'll talk to anybody. I, <laughs> I won't initiate the conversation, but I'll sit there with my headphones unplugged and then like, yeah, you're right. You know, <laughs> agree with the person next to me out of nowhere. Or disagree, just start an argument. I've done that multiple times. I got in a lot of fights and then I turned, you know, 28 <laughs> and I don't fight people anymore. You're growing. I'm so proud of you. I know. I'm about to be 29. I haven't been in a fight in like a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to take credit for it. I think it's just my incredible presence in your life. I think uh, because I have you, I no longer hang out in crazy-ass dive bars. Yeah, you stopped going to the dive bar pretty much right after we started dating. Yeah. So I think you've been twice the entire time we've well, been Well, and now I can never go. I'm, I'm half the country away from my favorite dive, and I'm not hunting down a new dive. I'd Appreciate been in that dive since I was 15, so I was comfortable with it. My dad used to take me there. Well, there are nice New the breweries here, though. I know, but nobody gets in a fight in a brewery. Well, 30-year-old men shouldn't be getting in fights, really. <laughs> so You don't know. You're so disconnected from what men are. 30 is the perfect you can age start to get your into your own it. fight club club in the basement. Of the can... brewery? No. I don't I have a basement. Oh, so... you can get a basement and you can start a club where <laughs> you, you box other I mean, right now we're men. on the third floor. We just rush some dude's second story apartment and be like, I'm beating the shit out of people in here. Just fucking off him and his wife with yes. some hands. And then yes, like, that's what invite all my friends over. <laughs> Angel face some dude in his bathroom. Uh, yeah. That's the next short film. <laughs> We're going to literally do guerrilla filmmaking, just barge into somebody's apartment. You're in the movie now, bitch! But the, uh, the, the, the big news is Kristen put the scripts up for both the dolls and Happy Birthday, and, and we yeah. did get some downloads on that. It did. So if you go on the website, which is the nightmarebox.blog, um, the header section will still mostly look the same. There'll be like a little drop down arrow next to where it says films. Now, if you click on just where it says films, you can still go to the film page and watch yeah. the films. If you hover over films, the drop down pops up that says scripts. And if you click on scripts, you can see, um, the two PDF. scripts. Yeah. It's yeah. a PDF that you can download so you can actually see it in proper screenplay formatting, um, of both the dolls and happy birthday. And, and if you guys want to make those, you know, you have my verbal consent. If you want to make those and send them to us, go for it. Don't make them and fucking use them to promote yourself. You know, give us all the credits. Or I you will can't sue sell you them. Out. You don't have the rights. Yeah, I'll sue you out the ass. But you, uh, if you want to make them and send them into the podcast, you know, if you just need inspiration or you want to like tweak something or you saw something different in the script or you want to interpret the script in a different way, by all means, make those, send those. If we like them, we'll talk about them on here. We'll mm-hmm. post them to the website. We can do all of that. I'll add a whole extra section. I'd be like, you know, this is the take of John Doe's version of the dolls or Jane Doe's version of Happy Birthday or but my version's the best. Kristen, it, Kristen has all rights to the originals, you know, here. But. Technically, you do, because it's your script, but... Yeah. I didn't uh, sign any yeah. contracts. Let, let's disclaimer that. You do not have the rights to sell anything. No, I've got copyrights on uh, all <laughs> of them, so I will sue you into the ground. Because <laughs> I need the money that bad in these hard, hard times. Um, 
And then the other thing that I kind of wanted to tap on is I finished all the pretty horses by my dude, McCarthy. I love him so much. Um, and I have one more book that I have to read before I can finish the Border Trilogy, which is called Cities of the Plain, which brings the two main characters, the first two books together for a third part, which so I'm beyond you, excited you about. You already have that book, right? Why did you start Outliers instead? Because uh, I, I have a rule for my reading, which is I read a fiction and then a nonfiction. Mm. so that I, I I don't get just in fiction cycle like mm. I like reading something you know either scientific or psychological and learn some stuff and then dive back into the fiction you know let the last couple rest on me and it's a formula I found in college because I was reading like five books a week. <laughs> Makes sense. That's why I was confused, yeah. though, whenever you said you were reading The Outliers. I was like, is that the next book in the series? No. Like, And I get to read Rage while I'm in the apartment because Kristen bought me the Botman books and I'm not taking that book anywhere. It stays here. I just need to sit down and read it here so I can read Rage and count, catch everybody up. But the uh, nonfiction book that I've moved to is uh, Malcolm McDowell's The Outliers, which is a, a national bestseller, and I'm just years behind on it. And it's been interesting so far, but it reminded me that a long time ago I made a promise to start a reading and film list, and so expect that. failed miserably. I know. <laughs> expect that relatively soon. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do it just yet, but as you know, I read a lot and we watch a lot of films, um, so I want to have all our two stars and all of the big ones. Oh, like God, a, are you going to recommend our two stars as things to watch? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, why? <laughs> uh, well, then never mind. I guess we'll workshop this off the podcast. Should recommend movies that are actually worth watching. <laughs> Watch the two stars just so you can yeah. laugh at the, well, at yeah, the podcast. We'll, we'll have Kristen's favorite films and my favorite films and the books that I've currently been reading and Kristen's favorite books. And uh, we'll try to compile some sort of a list on there for you guys. If you're you know sitting around going, what do I want to read or what do I want to watch? use it don't use it but it'll be a resource um it, it, for me you know in particular it's going to range a, a whole bunch of Cormac mccarthy novels broken up by an oj simpson <laughs> book broken up by like an alan watts spirituality you know <laughs> and that one book that's still in the jeep because you can't stomach it <laughs> god the fucking wind rabbit howls is yeah i need to get back on that one because it, it, it i have not read something that fucked me up like that in so long and it's so fucked up i need to go back but 50 pages or whatever it was in i was just like i i, I tap this lady has the worst life. Oh. <laughs> I can't read every other page yeah, is her getting a... raped by her dad. And I'm like, I can't do this. Oh. There's a documentary on Netflix, which, you know, it could suck. I have no idea. We haven't watched it at all. But it's about a homeless woman who, uh, I can't remember what mental disorder she had, but had some kind of mental disorder. And it very clearly says in the description she was ultimately like let down by everyone around her and nobody yeah. cared and she died and like i keep thinking like we're gonna watch that because it's probably gonna be interesting every time i'm like i don't want to be that sad no <laughs> but you know what is out there as of as of easter sunday which is a weird day to drop it the motherfucking tiger king i thought that was next friday today's the 12th right yeah i thought it, it was coming up oh, it's on oh i thought we said it was we had to do Friday. a two-star and watch tiger king before tuesday 
Yeah. Probably going to do Tiger King tonight. <laughs> Not going to lie if that's on there. But uh, Ready to do some plugs? Are we done already? Yeah. How long is it? We didn't even touch the notes. It was I know. All organic conversation. I was like, we didn't go through any of that stuff. We're 54 minutes in. Holy shit. Look at us go. I'm not going to say we're great podcasters, but we get better every episode yeah, we... after episode 100. Brett has notes in front of him. We didn't talk about any of them. <laughs> <laughs> it was an, it, that means it was a great conversation, my love. Uh, but you can find the short films that we're working on and the one that's coming out soon on YouTube at... YouTube.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. Or you can go on over to YouTube.com slash Kristen Pennington, see some of Kristen's earlier work, and I'm sure she's going to put some more stuff out over on that page eventually. Um, or you can go on over to the website where you can find the same movie up in the top right-hand corner, and that is... Uh, the Nightmare Box blog. Where you can also download the scripts, send us everything you want on that. Send us your scripts. I don't give a shit. Send us whatever you want to. Just do it by email at... Nightmare Box Productions at Gmail. Or over on the Twitter, where you can tweet away your twats. <laughs> at Nightmare Box Pro. Or you can go on over to the Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. Or if you're just like, I don't really care about Facebook and all that blue and all of those long-ass posts, I'd rather just look at pictures. You can go to us at Instagram at... At Nightmare Box Productions. Did we get everything? I think so, yeah. It's all the plugs? Pretty sure. You sure? Pretty sure. God damn right it is. I love you, sweetheart. I love you. Guys, be safe out there. Stay creative. If you've got any questions, comments, or concerns, hit us up at any of those outlets. We'd be more than happy to talk to you. But in the meantime, I love you. I love you. And I love you guys. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Boom, bop. Dibble, up. Am I the only one <laughs> drinking tonight? No. no, I'm not the only one drinking tonight. No. Let's get a hammer and eat sweet potatoes. <laughs> <laughs>